a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Senator Schumer had to kowtow just a little bit to a few different Democrats to get the Inflation Reduction Act passed, including, of course, Senator Joe Manchin. Uh, now it's September. The bills come due, and a lot of Democrats are not so happy with uh, where they are and what has to come next. What was Senator Manchin promised, and why is it upsetting to the party? This is an interesting thing to, to search all the way through. James Broll is a senior, senior research fellow at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. had a great piece in Forbes magazine talking about Joe Manchin and Democrats delivering on this permitting reform. And James, thanks for joining us today. It's a great piece. And just describe for our listeners kind of what this deal was as it relates to permitting and why that was so important to Joe Manchin. Sure. So first of all, thank you for having me. Um, So if you recall, um, there's been some difficulties getting Joe Manchin on board with the Democratic Party's agenda. Uh, the Biden administration has been trying to pass the Build Back Better bill, which has been a major priority throughout most of President Biden's term. And Manchin has kind of stood in the way from some of that legislation passing because he's that critical 50th vote needed to pass legislation in the Senate. Um, but as a, a couple of months ago, uh, as a result of some negotiations between Senator Schumer, the majority leader in the Senate and Senator Manchin, uh, they worked out a deal that in in exchange for Manchin's support of the Inflation Reduction Act, which included some of the provisions from the Build Back Better bill, including a lot of new spending on climate change-related projects, uh, that they would support permitting reform. Now, that wasn't included in the the Inflation Reduction Act due to some uh, budget right rules in the Senate. Uh, So that was going to have to be part of a separate bill. And it's looking like that's going to happen. It's going to be permitting reform is going to be included as part of the continuing resolution bill that funds the government, uh, which has to pass before the end of this month. Um, It's unclear exactly what the provisions of that permitting reform are going to be. So that's kind of one of the big questions right now. But we're likely to see some of the terms of that very soon. And so let's take into that a little bit. Uh, it is uh, obviously something that's important to uh, to Joe Manchin, to uh, those in, in West Virginia in particular. Uh, I know that Manchin's office uh, put out a list of some of the things that uh, he would like to see included uh, in this. And as you mentioned, it's likely to be included in that uh, CR that has to be done before the end of the month to fund the government. And so give us just some sense. What are some of those things that they're looking at in terms of permitting uh, and why uh, he feels there's such a need for that uh, permitting reform to take place. 
Sure. So as you mentioned, um, Manchin put out a list of some of the, uh, some of the, I guess you'd, you'd call it his wish list for permitting reform uh, a month or two ago. Um, so it includes items like limits set on the amount of time that a environmental impact review can uh, take place under the, the NEPA law, the National Environment, Environmental uh, Policy Act. Um, so these reviews can take years in some cases. Um, so for the projects that, ha- that require a full environmental impact assessment, which is these are the projects that are going to have a significant impact on the environment, uh, it can take, uh, I think the average is about four and a half years for one of these environmental impact assessments to get produced. So one provision would limit the amount of time um, an agency is allowed to produce that, that environmental impact assessment. Um, so there's litigation reforms are on the table, so maybe limiting and uh, putting in place a statute of limitations, uh, so limiting amount of the time that can pass before a lawsuit is brought against a project. Um, and then another, another item that's very important to mention is this Mountain Valley Pipeline, and this is almost certainly going to be part of whatever ends up being in the legislation. Um, this is a pipeline that runs from Manchin's home state of West Virginia through Virginia and down into North Carolina, and it's basically gotten stalled um, as a result of reviews going on in the government, and he'd really like to see this project finished. So that's almost certainly going to be part of whatever the final agreement is. Yeah, and it's so interesting to to look at the, some of these reviews. As you mentioned, some of those projects are, are taking, uh, you know, seven years to go through the, the uh, NEPA, the National Environmental Policy Act review process, uh, which obviously causes things to slow down, costs a lot of money, a lot of headaches, and a lot of uncertainty in terms of businesses in, in a lot of those things. Uh, I know that Bernie Sanders has been very vocal on this. You've reported about uh, his complaints. That this is really just a, a deal uh, for, for fossil fuel companies. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that is really where a lot of these hangups are in terms of the process. Right. So there's a letter that's been circulating among House Democrats. It's picked up something like 70 House Democrats signed on to this, requesting that the permitting reforms be separated from the continuing resolution so that that funding of the government is not dependent upon these um, reforms uh, passing. Um, So, I mean, a major... A major change that's occurred over the last several decades is just that a lot of the projects that are held up under environmental review are actually environmental-related projects. So uh, wind installments, solar farms. Uh, there's a statistic that R Street, the think tank in Washington, D.C., reported that suggests something like 40 percent of the Projects under review with the Department of Energy are actually clean energy-related projects, whereas only about 15% are fossil fuel-related. And a lot of the fossil fuel-related projects are natural gas projects, so which are actually likely, in some cases, to reduce carbon dioxide emissions on balance. So this is one of the reasons why we're actually starting to see some consensus form around these reforms, is that a lot of progressives and Democrats are kind of waking up and seeing, wow, some of these 
environmental protections that we put in place to slow down the fossil fuel projects are actually coming back to haunt us because now we're trying to transition the economy towards a green economy and clean energy, and we can't do that if these reviews are taking years and years. So there's, there's, I would say there's kind of a tear on the progressive side of the party where there's um, some members who just have a, are just reluctant to facilitate anything that might benefit some fossil fuel companies, even if it's also going to benefit some clean energy companies. And there's other, there's kind of another more pragmatic part of the party that sees that this might make sense. Yeah, uh, great insight again. Great piece in Forbes. Uh, James Burrell, Senior Research Fellow at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. James, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Uh, some really great insight there. And the interesting thing, especially as James pointed out, that uh, this really is a uh, a battle from the very progressive left to the, the more pragmatic uh, side of the Democratic Party, saying, look, we do need to accelerate this permitting process because a lot of those are for solar, uh, natural gas, things that are better for the environment. And so if we're bogging those down in seven years of, of review and permitting process, that's not good for accelerating our mood to, to more clean energy. Uh, it's also interesting, too, there is a political component to all of this. Uh, James points this out in his piece in Forbes magazine, Forbes.com, uh, and that is that there are some within the Democratic Party who continue to resent how much leverage Joe Manchin has in his negotiations. And uh, that's a, an interesting component, just kind of the intra-party battles that go on. And they happen on the left and the right. This is an interesting one for the Democrats, uh, because I think there are a lot of Democrats who see the permitting process as being broken and actually slowing down some of the things they want to do in terms of climate, the environment, and uh, stewardship there. So it's an interesting dynamic there. It's all going to play out as we get towards that continuing resolution uh, and the battle that is yet to come. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.